intrigue of the Formula One Grand Prix right there in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. The Premier League in England. The Spanish La Liga in Spain. Serie A in Italy. As well as all the major big leagues right there in Europe. Trust the guys and I to do justice to each and every headline that made the rounds over the weekend, discussing and analyzing the hot topics for your listening pleasure. As always, this is the voice of your favorite sports caster, Benga Agbeyo. You can call me AGP for short, and for the better part of the next 15 minutes or thereabouts, I will be your anchor on tonight's show. We'll go on a quick break to bring you the news making the rounds in the world of sports. Please stay tuned. Talk to us live on air via our lines 080-6452-3344 or 0816-408-4381. Remember to turn down the volume of your radio when you call us. Please keep your comments brief and devoid of foul language. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening. Puta Radio 93.1 FM, coolest in the city. It's nothing but sports. But sports. This is Sports Lounge. Welcome back to Sports Lounge on Futsal Radio 93.1 FM. Now to the news making the rounds in the world of sports. Imba have increased their chances of reaching the group stages of the CAF Confederations Cup with a 2-0 first leg playoff victory over Libya's Al-Itihad in Alba on Sunday. Sadiq Abubakar gave Imba the lead in the 21st minute after connecting to a brilliant cross from Yakubu Bilal. The People's Elephant grabbed their second in the 34th minute through Victor Mbauma from close range assisted by Daniel Ije. The Nigerians searched for a third goal in the second half but despite their efforts, the visitors held on to ensure they kept the scoreline minimal in the loss. Aliti had ended the game with 10 men after seeing one of their players sent off deep into second half injury time. The People's Elephants will now await the decision of the CAF of the Confederation of African Football CAF on whether the other leg will be played after the match, which was originally built to take place on November 28 in Tunisia, was called off due to COVID-19 concerns. Elsewhere, the Army Stadium in Boj, Arab, Alexandria, Mohamed Abdelatif Grindo scored the only goal of the encounter in the 12th minute as Al Masri advanced to the group stage of the Confederations Cup at the expense of Nigerian side Rivers United on the away goal rule after both legs ended 2-2 on aggregate. Rivers United had won the first leg 2-1 in Aba and their failure to record a goal in the, in the return leg saw them crash out of the competition the same stage as last season. Rivers United had won the first leg 2-1 
Rivers United at different times came close to equalizing through Malaki, Hoawumi, Austin Abutu, and Isha Kayode for their efforts went agonizingly wide. However, the visitors will have the however the visitors will have their goalkeeper Sochima Victor to thank for keeping the score line at one nil with several spectacular saves. There was Abutin and Max Verstappen who race in Abu Dhabi on level penguin on 369 points apiece after the current champ after the current world champion won an incident strewn Saudi Arabian Grand Prix to set off an incredible end to the Formula One season. The race was suspended twice and saw multiple incidents between the t- between the title contenders. On a chaotic night in Jeddah, the first race in the Gulf Kingdom took almost as many twists and turns as an already astonishing and enthralling roller coaster season and also left a bitter aftertaste. There were crashes and collisions, safety cars, red flags, and claims of dirty driving after seven time world champion Hamilton eats the back of Ms. Verstappen's suddenly slowly suddenly slowing car on the super fast Corniche super uh, street circuit extraordinary at times angry radio exchanges between the race director michael massey and the two top teams filled the airwaves the bonus with a bonus points for fastest lap Hamilton moved alongside verstappen at the top of the standings with 395 with 369.5 points after 21 race after 21 races, I beg your pardon, Verstappen, who finished second with Valtteri Bottas third for Mercedes, leads 9-8 on wins. However, meaning that the Dutch 24-year-old will be champion if neither E nor Hamilton scores another point next week in Abu Dhabi. Mercedes extended their lead in a, on the top of the Constructors' Championship to 28 points and a record eight successive title looking likely. German police are investigating Jude Bellingham's comment on referee Felix Zoya after Borussia Dortmund's loss to Bayern Munich. Bellingham eats out at the performance of Zoya during the 3-2 defeat as Dortmund were left frustrated after the referee turned down appeals for a penalty only to award Bayern one for a Mats Hummels and ball. Robert Lewandowski stepped up and scored what proved to be the winner against his old club in front of a restricted attendance at Signal Iduna Park. England international Bellingham referenced Zoya's six-month ban by the German FA in 2005 following a match-fixing scandal in his post-game comments, insisting such an individual shouldn't have been in charge of the biggest game in Germany in his defiant rejection of the referee's decisions. Dortmund Bonds Marco Rosa was also sent to the stands after criticizing the Bayern penalty award, which came following an extensive VR review in the 77th minute. A criminal complaint has now been filed and the case will be forwarded to the Dortmund Public Prosecutor's Office, which will determine whether there will be any criminal charge against Bellingham with, an, with a decision expected later on the week. Lewandowski's controversial winner helped Bayern extend their lead at the top to four points over closest challengers, Borussia Dortmund. Finally, tonight, two-time World Cup silver medalist Nigeria continued from where they left off in the second round by hammering host Congo Brazzaville 4-0 in the first leg of the FIFA Under-20 Women's World Cup African qualifying third-round fixture in Brazzaville on Sunday. Goals by Messi Idoko in the 38th minute, Flores Sebastian in the 47th minute, Esther Onyezide 
in the 50th minute from a penalty and Debra Ajibola in the 55th minute condemned Congo, the conquerors of Egypt, to a near hopeless situation ahead of the return leg. The Chris Danjuma girls completely dominated proceedings at the state Alfonso Masaba debat and could have been hop earlier than the 38th minute when Messi Doko, who accounted for four goals of the 11 that were scored, which drowned the Central Africa Republic, put them in front against the host. To reach the third round, the Falconets had tomped their counterparts from the Central Africa Republic 7-0 in the first leg encounter in Douala before wrapping things up at a stroll in Lagos with a further four goals to the Kitty. Congo Brazzaville drew 1-1 with Egypt in Cairo and then won the return 3-1 in Brazzaville to be eligible for the fixture against the Falconets. The second leg will hold at the Mobolaji Johnson Arena Lagos on Saturday, December 18th. on the news making the rounds in the world of sports we return very shortly with the analysis segment please stay tuned My name is Chief Mary Onyale, popularly known as African Queen of Sprints. Please stay tuned to Sports Lounge, Sports Lounge. on Futa Radio 93.1 It's nothing but sports. This is Sports Lounge. to Sports Lounge on Futa Radio 93.1 FM and I've got the guys with me here in the studios this evening and uh, well the queen of the crew is not here with us but we have three uh, wonderful analysts here on the show this evening and uh, good evening Marshall, good evening Adam and good evening Ezekiel, welcome to the show this evening. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. Okay, uh, we'll get straight to the talking points on the show this evening. We'll start with Formula One, and it was a chaotic Grand Prix right there in Jeddah at the Corniche uh, Super Street, uh, Super Faster Secured right there uh, in the Saudi Arabian um, city of Jeddah. And it proved to be a really, really, uh, how would I say, it was entertaining, it has to be said, but it was a lot more controversial than it was entertaining because there were lots of controversies there were lots of decisions there were lots of um crashes there were lots of collisions and uh, in fact we had to the fact that the race had to be started had to be restarted three times before we eventually uh 
uh, are the winner uh, and we eventually had those on the podium. But I would just like to ask Masha, how was your assessment of the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix this weekend, knowing fully well that it was uh, both um, Hamilton and Verstappen had it all to play for. And from what we saw in the qualifying, in the practice, uh, in practice sessions, we saw that Mercedes were flying, but I think Verstappen left it left it how would I put it now he left the he left his best for the main part because we saw peak Verstappen yesterday but despite all he, all he had to do he failed to get um, first place which would have obviously handed him the uh, constructors uh, the uh, drivers championship but in your assessment of the uh, Grand Prix this weekend how would you rate it yeah, I think freshly it has to be said that Alvarez was not just exciting, but then it was very, very dangerous. And that's the fact that uh, the circuit, which is the super fast uh, Jeddah Cornish circuit right there in Saudi Arabia, is the second fastest uh, behind Monza. And there's a reason why Monza is called the Temple of Speed. I mean, that was not, like I said earlier, it was very, very, very dangerous. And that's also related to the fact that it was a street circuit. And usually when you have those kind of really, really super fast circuits, there's always a lot of runoff areas because there are times when the play, uh, when the races are going on at very, very high speed and then a collision is about to happen and you have to step out or step into the runoff area to avoid the collision. But then because it's Jeddah and because it's a street circuit, I mean, there's really zero runoff area. It reminds me of Baku, reminds me of Monaco, where it's yeah. also very, very dangerous street circuit. And also kind of reminds me early Singapore where every race, every race in Singapore, there's almost always a safety car incident. There's almost yeah. always a crash. And that's because of the fact that the drivers were getting acclimatized to it. And I think that's one of the reasons that happened uh, in Jeddah yesterday where the drivers are really trying to get themselves acclimatized to the circuit and I think we saw this also in the F2 that's the feed hours for F1 where the first lap I mean before they even got to turn one there was a red flag where like no 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 you guys are driving so dangerously yeah. I mean it got to rush the ax- uh, to the hospital that was a physical this son and you know it was like a precursor was to come and I remember a friend of mine was asking me that how many how many red flags are we expecting to do this? And I just said two red flags because <laughs> I knew I knew it was going to be really dangerous. Yeah, but yeah, I also yeah. think that we're probably going to have like five yellow flags. You know, where you have the safety cars. And honestly, I was actually surprised that it was even more than that because yeah. we had two red flags and we had about six times where the safety car had to come out. There was yeah. a safety car. There was a virtual safety car. And you know, almost every time, you know, it was like okay, Lewis is getting undressed up in now and then. Oh, there's another safety car. And then he has to slow down. And then yeah. he has to just go around and round and again. And overall, I think. I think very, very early in the race, it was obvious that the Mercedes had the faster car. Yeah. But then it was not obvious that Verstappen could also hold Lewis back yeah. until he had to, until he, he had to do yeah, it. After the first, gets in, in, yeah, yeah, in, in, in touching this. And after yeah. the first red flag, Mercedes actually made a, b- a big mistake. I don't want to call it a big mistake. It was a gamble. They decided to pit Bottas and Lewis at the same time. It was a double stack. And then... Instead of going behind them, I mean, let's just let's stay ahead and see what happens. And luckily for them, they stayed ahead. And then the session was red flagged. And that was where a lot of the Mercedes fans were like, no, 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 something is actually going on yeah, because there is yeah. no reason why. If the, if the race is so dangerous, immediately the incident occurs, you red flag the incident. You, yeah. re, you red flag the race. But then there was the safety car for about three laps and then you decided to red flag the race. I mean, that's not how it's done. Yeah. And under the red flag, you can change your tires, you can do other things you want to do on your car. So it was almost like the Red Bull had a free pit stop and then we saw how it all panned out. And then by the time there was the restart, uh, Lewis was behind Max and then his acceleration was so mighty that yeah. from the start it was just ahead of Max and then Max had to take the uh, uh, Aldo you track. know yeah. uh, came, came in through the very little narrow runoff and then was ahead of him Ocon was also ahead of him yeah. and it was like what exactly is going on and then there was another safety car incident there was also a red flag and then he had to restart again and then 
Lewis was th- Lewis was second, Max was third, and, and then Ocon, Ocon was Ocon first. first. And then and that particular, Lewis, that particular Lewis was there. Yeah, was really, really interesting. He was focused on Ocon. Yeah, on Ocon, and then he just left. He left. He left Max, and Max was like, "Okay, if you're if you're going to tank, let me just take the inside line." And he took the inside line. Yeah, and it was like, "Okay, Max is actually going to win." And I was for a second, I was wondering if Max actually wins this race, then he can really care less about what happens in Abu Dhabi because. I mean, the gap then would have probably been like 14 points. Yeah. And if you, come, if you come third, that's about 15 points. First gets 25 points. So it's almost like nothing really yeah. uh, to lose. You know, just get your third and win the driver's championship. But then Lewis had other ideas. And obviously, his car was super, super fast. And yeah. I think that was what played in the Mercedes hands. And yeah. they knew that even if Max got ahead of them because of the straight line speed and also because of the fact that because Jeddah is quite narrow and long. Yeah, no. So if you have a very, very good straight line speed, if you're behind a car, you're faster than I mean, you're just going to overtake him. Yeah, and, yeah. But we have to give credit to Max, who was really, really enthralling. I think that race was one that it showed all of the good sides of Max and all of the bad sides of Max. I mean, we saw Max so dirty yesterday. I yeah, was, I was, was literally screaming. He was actually told because yeah, he was yeah, told yeah. by the radio that he should let uh, Lewis pass, pass. And the, the, what followed was let Lewis pass, but do it strategically. That was the instruction he was given, and he eventually slowed down and. I think Hamilton just ran into him. Yeah, they did. And going into that, I mean, we want to, because there were lots of decisions that were made, some of them, especially for all the sides that were involved, some felt it was the right decision, some felt it was the wrong decision, some felt it was forced on them. But how would you rate, especially the decisions that were made from the race director, uh, Massey, right there? Yeah, I think Michael Massey and the stewards, actually, FIA generally had a really, really off day yesterday. I yeah. mean, the FIA are the ones supposed to give the rules. I mean, there was... And the funny thing is that because we now get to hear the radio between the FIA and the teams, the you know, teams, we're yes. hearing everything they were saying. It was almost like a, a roundtable discussion. So it was like Red Bull, after the, after the initial restart, where Lewis had gotten ahead of Max, but then Ocon got ahead of of uh, Max or yeah. be ahead of Lewis but behind Max you know it was the thing of okay Max should give the place back so if Max gives the place back he goes behind Lewis yeah. and then Lewis was the one who was leading Max was second Ocon was third so how then do you reward Ocon who merely took advantage of the melee yeah. and then Michael Massey should have ideally said okay Louis, we just restart, but then Louis and Max would switch, uh, switch places. So Louis would be first, Max would be second, Ocon would be third. But then Red Bull knew that whatever would make Louis actually start, that definitely he would he would just uh, tear away. But yeah. then and then they said no, that they didn't want. That. And then Michael Massey was then offering, okay, so what do you propose we do? I mean, you're supposed to be the one yeah, giving yeah. the instructions. You don't ask a competitor. Okay, how do you think we should do it? I mean, definitely, without they would definitely give me a suggestion that would favor them, them, you know. So without even consulting uh, Ron Smedo, which yeah. is the uh, uh, sporting director for Mercedes, and it was really really funny that all of that just played out in front of everyone, and we all wonder what exactly is going on with the FIA. Do you do you really want Max to win? Do you want Lewis to win, or do you just want us to have fair racing? And like I said, it's, it was really exciting and very very dangerous. But credits to Lewis Hamilton; he fought really hard in that one, and he got uh, the victory he, d- he really wanted. And I think credits also to go to Valtteri Bottas because yeah. it was looking like yeah. at some point that Bottas would probably end up fifth, you know, behind Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah. But then he really, really, I don't know what uh, Max, or oh, I said Max, I don't know what. Closing stages, uh, to, to closing stages of that race, where he was focused on Alcon, it was really, really exciting. And 
like you said, three hundred sixty nine and a half points. We both were headed to uh, Abu Dhabi, and it's the best it's, adrenaline rush you ever it's, find. It's, it's really, me. it's I really. I called, really, it. I called this last. It's really week. exciting. I, I would have loved to see the race concluded. Like, of course, down though, the wire there's right even if even Dhabi. if even if Max had won yesterday, it would still go down to the wire. But then it would not mm-hmm. have all of it riding on the line yeah, as yeah. it currently is. I mean, both drivers are level on points. Yeah. Back where we started, one race to finish it all. <laughs> Abu Dhabi <laughs> the grand season finale. I mean. Bring it on, really. Bring I mean, it on. You will have to clutch your fists onto your chairs in that final race because there is no way you would want to miss. And also, a one, one very interesting thing to also notice that if both of them fail to finish in Abu Dhabi, yeah. Max also, would win yeah, the world because championship because he has won more races. More races. So yeah. be, be wary of dirty <laughs> driving from Max. Max All right, moving weird. forward, moving forward now to the Nigerian football scene. Uh, contra- contrasting fortunes, it was for the uh, two Nigerian sides currently. Uh, how would I say it? There were two before kickoff, but after uh, the game, we just have one Nigerian team left on the continent uh, as far as CAF competitions is concerned in Africa. And uh, it was actually uh, between Inyimba and Al Itiad uh, for, for obvious reasons. The first leg of this game was supposed to be played in Tunisia uh, on November 28th, but for COVID 19 concerns, uh, CAF decided to shelve that particular game and ask uh, Al Itiad to come to, to Abba for the what was supposed to be the return, return leg, leg yeah. and now the return leg has been played we are st- we still don't know the decision of CAF regarding the first leg but Inba did the need for winning 2-0 they should have scored more goals as we said but they won 2-0 and in the other game we spoke about this game particularly because of the fact that there were lots of allegations against Al Masri and m- most of them proved to be true because uh, they, they saw so many um, very damaging images on, on social media about uh, the fans of Al, Al- Masri actually trying to um, put fear in the minds of journalists and the players of the players and officials of Rivers United out of this game uh, right there in Egypt and uh, they were able to get maximum points over Rivers United they won one nil uh, in the game to progress 2-2 on aggregate obviously the away goal proved uh, vital in that one to send Rivers United out of the CAF Confederation scoreboard in your assessment of these two games how would you rate it and especially what um, that particular incident I just mentioned how the the, the, major, the major role he played in the house of Rivers United uh, well I think for Rivers United you know it's not always been easy good on the continent and uh, I think that's one thing we also, we also saw yesterday and uh, that's the fact that for Rivers United, time and again, it's almost like they lack that where without, they lack that nows, and then they just really get out of step time and again. And it's in sharp contrast to Imba, who have really proven themselves to be masters of the continental game. And that's yeah. uh, what we saw yesterday. And I feel like for Imba, or uh, for Rivers United, I beg your pardon, uh, I feel that uh, threat, that intimidation really played uh, on their minds because. And the first question is how exactly do they get those contacts? How exactly do the fans know that these are the players to target? These are the journalists to deny visas? And, mm. you know, I could be an average fan of Reverse United who wanted to see the game. So why exactly was I not denied visa? And then a journalist who is supposed to be the one covering the game and telling us what was going on uh, live right there where D1 been denied the visa. So yeah. there are a lot of things that are actually uh, there to talk about. And I think for African Sounds like an inside job. As a whole, obviously, I mean, obviously, I mean, there's really no way that those players' contact details would not have gotten out if it was not uh, an inside job. But I think, like I said, African football really needs to step up. I mean, we need to get away from all of this violence when it comes to uh, football. Yeah, we understand that it, for some it's bigger than life and death. But then at the same time, these are players' lives involved. These are players who have families and uh, a lot of things that can actually go wrong in a game. It could be that. What if it was the Al Masri players who scored an own goal? I mean, would the fans then turn on them and do all of those unimaginable things to them? It's not really necessary. And the fact that 
we need to talk about this. Just shows the state uh, that African football is right now. Unfortunately for Rivers United, they gone back to Nigeria with their head head high. I mean, they lost one game, they won one game. Yeah, I mean, they the were game very very close. Of, this was a final. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, for the uh, next round of Craft Confederations Cup, and I hope that Ejima would actually do us proud because it's one thing I've always talked about on on this show, and that's the fact that Ejima have almost always been that beacon of hope when it comes to Nigerian football on the continent. You really don't find other sides. I mean, I think the only side who did a bit well was Aqua United, you know, before they lost on, on the way goals too, you know, back then in Aqua. And that's not something you, you want for Nigerian football because mm. of the fact that these uh, teams, when they go far, it helps other teams, you know, get uh, places. I mean, it was when Ima uh, really went deep in 2018 that we had four teams going on the continent from yeah. Africa and uh, from Nigeria, I beg your pardon, and that's, you want more of that. So if those who are going there are not really doing the nation proud, then what exactly is the fate of others who, who really want to go for this continental tournament? Alright, moving forward, uh, uh, living in Nigeria now, we head straight to Germany where there were lots of goals, lots of goals in Germany. Uh, it's, Everywhere. it's normal, but I think in Germany, especially in how would I say three key games right there in Germany Leverkusen beating Grutter Fort seven goals to one and uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach losing 6 nil at home to Freiburg how how, how does that happen <laughs> there was a time I think I think a couple of weeks back when Bayern faced this same Gladbach side and they beat I think it was 5-0 five five that was the DFB I think that was no 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 Gladbach lost to Dort- to Bayern I think Gladbach was second at that point. I know people were saying, "How do you beat?" How does the first yeah. team in, in Germany beat the second team six, five or six nil or whatever the scoreline uh, was and, and all that? Sorry. But in terms of the games, obviously the, the biggest one uh, uh, went down in Germany over the weekend. Dortmund against uh, Borussia, um, Borussia Dortmund against Bayern Munich. Uh, I beg your pardon. It handed two three to Bayern Munich in that one. But um, Adam, your assessment of this game especially in the light of the controversial decisions that actually led to the winning goal for Bayern, uh, for Bayern Munich? I mean, okay, last Friday, if I'm not mistaken, we all discussed this whole Lewandowski versus Haaland comparison and discussion. We had this discussion right here in the studio. And we said, it's time and time again where Haaland scores one, Lewandowski scores two, Haaland scores two, Lewandowski scores three. So it happens every time. Although, yes, the controversial decision with the whole penalty and everything, that really maybe might have played a part. I think... Personally, I feel like maybe Dortmund earned a point or something out of Bayern Munich in that game. It just wasn't to be for them. And yeah, maybe they should work on their finishing and everything. Just maybe they'll be better. Then moving on away into the whole um, Bayern Leverkusen game where I, I don't understand. Patrick Schick, right now, I, I think this is probably the best I have seen that man ever. I mean, ever. He scored four goals in that game. His team won seven goals to one. They've been... They've been quite up there this well, season by the They're facing the, the whipping boys of the of the of the league. Let's just uh, say the Norwich the Norwich City of the German Bundesliga. Well, it doesn't. So it was, it, I understand your I understand your standpoint. It's a but, big thing when Dortmund. But when you still beat seven goals to one, when you beat seven goals to one, it's 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 not something you hear every time. There's What's also about Gladbach and Freiburg. Eggs, I was mixing into that. How? It's not just about. Let me let me state out how bad the I situation is. I think in is. the first 34 minutes, all the six the goals were goes in. The first 34 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think yeah, it was by halftime, it was 5 nil already. At 19 minutes, it was 4 nil. By 25 God. minutes, it was 5 nil. I mean, seven minutes, 6 nil. I mean, my question, my question let's, let's, start with, let's start with the analysis. I mean, it says Gladbach lost to Freiburg. That's already unusual. Gladbach well, lost Freiburg to Freiburg. Been, Freiburg have actually been in yeah, really, really, really so good. Accepted. Yeah. All right, fine. Gladbach so lost to Freiburg by 6 nil. 
That is that's, totally mind blowing. Gladbach lost by six nil to Freiburg at home. <laughs> there is no way. You, there is no science. <laughs> there is nothing you want to explain. There's nothing you want to tell me that that would make it make sense. It feels like something you would hear in an alternate universe or something. It just is unimaginable. That's all I would say. It was a very, very mind-blowing weekend so all around in the German Bundesliga. All right. And then confirmation I spoke about uh, a minute ago about Gladbach. At the point in time, they were second on the log right there in Germany. They are now 13th on the log. Oh, God. Freiburg up to fourth with that uh, fantastic victory. Leverkusen still third. And, of course, Bayern Munich atop the standings, second to Borussia Dortmund. And moving over to the French League, Horn, we've spoken a lot a lot about PSG's woes this season. Mauricio Pochettino finding it difficult to lay down a marker right there in Paris. And it continued over the weekend. They went to the state, uh, Felix Bollet, and they, they were able to get... They were able to get one point. In fact, it was, like it was, it was like... Uh, <laughs> How would I put it now? They scavenged for it. They, they practically walked for this point. They did not deserve this point. It has to be said because I think Lens played really well. But we've spoken, we've spoken lots of times about PSG finding it difficult to lay down their marker on games. I mean, impose themselves on games and continue over the weekend. Luckily for them, they were able to get one point in that particular game. But in your assessment of that particular game and recently the form of Paris Saint-Germain, how would you uh, rate it, Ezekiel? Well, good evening, everyone, once again. Like uh, you said, PSG, despite the big names they have, they've not been, they've not been, uh, they've not been bringing out results. Yeah. Well, we all expect more from them. So do I. But I don't know what's happening. Although well, I think they have a uh, backroom issues. They, they have everything. By, they have you know, a they, good coach. They have the Ballon d'Or winner. I think I something that. You know, they have a backroom issues. I think I'll question that. AGP, I think I'll question that. Is Richio actually a question? You said the, you said a good coach. I think I think all these yeah, are down behind the scenes right now. Now that Can we not actually say that Rishio is a good coach? They should be eating up that league with respect <sighs> to the teams in that. Wait, you know the funny thing about it is that <laughs> Paris Saint Germain are actually about like, eleven points clear, right? Imagine so, the, the, thing, the, thing <laughs> about, the thing about the, the issue the issue a lot of people have with Paris Saint Germain is the style of play, right? So the style of play is a lot worse than a lot of us expect. <laughs> and when you look at when you look like I always talk about PSG, it's that. The midfielders really should be the hub of that team. It's exactly. just filled with workers. You know, you don't have the creative players and Slaves. the players. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the players. I think about Marco Verratti. The players who should and Marco Verratti is no almost always against Lens. And then you look at that midfield and they that, start dropping and that's, Maria. They start dropping Di Maria to the attacking midfield. It's worse when you actually drop Di Maria because that means you have only two players in the midfield who are actually capable of doing any defending. And that's that's the funny thing about a team like. Paris Saint-Germain because it's going to be very, very difficult to synchronize them and especially when it's a manager like Pochettino who is not exactly the most vast with handling superstars and it, it comes time and again but then like I said it's not something it's not something you'd see now because they're most likely going to win the league on at a counter I mean probably get it by February or March or early March you know because like I said 11 points clear just in early December you know so by 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 January, probably like 20 points. I mean, it reminds me of, I think it was Latin's final season when PSG were leading the league with astronomical that numbers. Yeah. Latin's final season, that's 2014. 15-16 right? season, yeah. you know, when they were leading the league with astronomical numbers. Yeah. But then, the, the funny thing is when they try to replicate that in the Champions League, oh, it becomes a different a different monster on its own and that's where you think 
that's where you start to see the difference between what they do in the league and what they actually do in the Champions League. And then, I, oh, sorry. moving over to the Italian Serie A now, we have to move at a very fast pace because our time is fast, Ben. But <clears throat> three or uh, four key games right there. We spoke about the fact that in the Italian Serie A, we always have big games in the over the weekend, especially every weekend right there in the Serie A. Milan, we're two new winners over Salernitana. Uh, Top of the table. Jose Mourinho's Roma were spanked at home 3-0 by Inter Milan. Napoli lost 2-3. They lost 3-2 at home to Atalanta. And Juventus were 2-0 winners over Genoa. Quickly, Marshall, your assessment of these four games. Yeah, I love the fact that I say we have big games now every weekend in the Serie A. I mean, it used to be boring games. Yeah. And, but that's because, I mean, Juventus are no longer the beast they want to. So everyone now looks like, okay, we can have a chance at the pie. We can have a chance at the pie. And that's why we're seeing really, really interesting games. And games that actually mean more when you look at it over the concept or over the landscape of what uh, is going on with Juventus and it's also interesting to talk about the fact that Napoli at some point was looking like they themselves, themselves and Milan would probably be streaking away with it and I think yeah. Inter about 8 points behind them mm. but then the last few games Napoli have dropped a lot of points Milan themselves have dropped a lot of yeah. points and Inter Milan are just a single point behind them I think it's only 3 points or 4 points separating the top 4 right now in the yeah, Italian yeah, Serie yeah, yeah. and it's yeah, really, really exciting Milan, right Inter, there. Napoli and, and Atalanta, yeah. Atalanta so it's, it's really really exciting right there in the Italian Serie anybody could really really win it if there's a team that's really consistent and goes on a really long run we could really really see them create a marker between themselves and the rest of the pack and you have to give credit to the Fiorentina also they've been doing a really good job for themselves over there and for Napoli this is not exactly the kind of times you want to be dropping points because it not only begs the question what exactly is going to be happening until Osimhen comes up but then what exactly can they do now that other players who could who could be adding that extra um are not exactly around and that's the question that uh, has to be answered right there at the uh, Patano Pie and for for Inter this is actually a good one because they've been hitting that form really really strongly right now yeah. and it's going to be very very interesting to see what's happening and for uh, AS Roma I mean that game I mean if Osimhen was not manager of AS Roma we just say inside the field Roma three goes to nothing we're like oh fine and good I mean Inter Milan we clearly better because I mean we don't talk about it and you know every further game you you ask the question what exactly is Osimhen going to be up to who is he going to pick up a fight with is it the media is it his own team is it the opposition manager is it the opposition fans you know it's almost like caricature it's just a time and again and he pulled a master class in the press room when he said that they said managers hand more than journalists because because your work is less difficult than that. You could trust Jose Mourinho. He always has some... I feel like Jose Mourinho is 58 now. I mean, he's worked long and hard in football. I mean, he could really be like the Graham Sounders. He's right up there. Being in the media and, you know, stayed there for probably 10, 12 years and just retired and enjoyed a beautiful game because right now it looks like with every coaching job he's putting himself further into just having endless wrangles and into the mud. For no reason, I mean. And then moving over now, we're even hearing reports that Everton could be interested in bringing him back to the Premier League, provided he, he gets sacked right there at Roma. But, I mean, he will still be there and try to, I mean, improve the fortunes of the team. Moving over to the Spanish La Liga, interestingly, only Real Madrid, uh, apart from if you're talking about the big sides in the Spanish La Liga, only Real Madrid won over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Barcelona were beating 1-0 at home by Real Betis. One me scoring the Longo in that one. Atletico Madrid lost 2-1 at home to Mallorca and uh, Takafusa uh, Kubo actually scored the winner for Mallorca in that one a Real Madrid uh, player on loan at he Mallorca was and he, lo- he was like <laughs> an agent yeah, doing, doing, doing something right there at the Wanda Metropolitano and Real Madrid were two new winners at the Anueta over 
uh, Real Sociedad. I think it's called the Real Arena now. Uh, yeah, the Real Arena. Now. It's okay. also called the Anoreta. Yeah. And like like rightly mentioned, I mean, I think we have to at this point we have to make it clear that Real Madrid's rivals are no longer Atletico Madrid and Barcelona. They are former <laughs> rivals now, and it's the current rivals are Sevilla, Sevilla, Real Betis, yeah. and probably Valencia because. <laughs> It's if unfortunate you want, if you want that I'm about to see this on air, but I agree with Marshall on that one. No, that's that's no, actually no, no, the no. truth. But, I mean, Barcelona now. right now are 16 points behind uh, uh, Real Madrid, although they have a game in hand. But then, it doesn't you know, count for anything. In, uh, for for Atletico Madrid, they are 10 points behind Real Madrid, and the next game to be played is the is the derby. And I think the derby would actually play a very very exciting mm, role exactly. in what exactly uh, the La Liga is good or where exactly it's uh, the La Liga still, is still enough points difference even if you lose the derby. And like like you mentioned, I think for for Real Madrid. This is really where they've been really hitting the gas, you know, going, win, winning games really, really strongly. Yeah. And Karim Benzema came off with a hamstring injury around the midway point in that game. And, you know, here's a worried, uh, here's a dropping at uh, uh, the Madrid base. And they were wondering what exactly would happen. Lukajovic has only played 78 minutes and mm-hmm. we're 15 games into the league season. And it was looking like, what would Jovic come on to do in that game? And then he came on first few minutes he was really really awful he was not having <laughs> any uh, touches here and there and then the second half began he was a little warmer you know he had understood what was going on in the game and he had a really, really fantastic control yeah. leads off to Vinicius who continued in his hot run of form I mean 12 uh, 10 goals already in the La Liga hmm. and then a few minutes later Vinicius uh, Jovic himself got on the score sheet getting that one and I think huge credit really needs to be said about Militao because for me he was the man of the match in that game he was blocking everything that came his way I think he had about 10 clearances about 8 blocks you know and mm. that's not something that you've come to accept but the last 3 games especially Militao has been really really impressive the game against Sevilla he assisted the winner although it was mainly uh, Vinicius who actually did work in that one and the, the next game against Athletic Bilbao you know he was also very impressive as he kept the clean sheet and against uh uh, the Basque rivals of Bilbao, Real Sociedad. Now he also got there. You know, was very very impressive, blocking everything that came his way, and slowly but surely himself and Alaba forming that partnership. Where it looks like maybe Real Madrid have indeed got over Ramos and Varane, and we wait to see what happens. I mean, the next game is against Inter Milan, and we we see would would see really if that form that they've kept on, if it can really be sustained. I think Jacob will score. All right, moving over to the uh, Premier League, which of course a lot of people are waiting for. There were lots of. How could I put it? Surprises over the weekend right there in England. Uh, it, it began, obviously, at the London Stadium. West Ham United stunning beating Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, that's, I think that's the word. Stunning league leaders, Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won 3-2 right there. And there were lots of um, reactions about that particular game, but we'll get straight to that very quickly. Wolves uh, huffed and puffed against Liverpool. They tried everything up their sleeves. They thought that they had gotten a point, but Divock Origi had other ideas. And this man is proving to be a man you just cannot take your eyes off, especially in the closing stages. Ask Barcelona, ask Everton. They will tell you about <laughs> Divock Origi and what. And now ask Wolverhampton Wanderers. Liverpool were one year winners at the Molyneux. Watford against uh, Manchester City. It ended. Uh, 3-1 in favour of Manchester City, Bernardo Silva, another another impressive performance for him. And on Sunday, United were one-year winners over Crystal Palace. Obviously, uh, it, it came from an unlikely goal scorer, Fred, getting the winner in that particular one. And uh, Antonio Conte's spurs were 3-0 winners over Norwich City, right there at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. But, I mean, in spite of 
all that happened over the weekend. What was the what was the how would you rate uh, your assessment of the Premier League over the weekend in terms of your highs and your lows? Um, I'll start with you, um, Ida. Well, let's begin from Bernardo Silva scoring the Waldi. Highs and lows. Just uh, stick to that because we really. All right, let's that. get into it quickly. Well, the high part is, to be very honest, I don't like to sound like. Uh, well, just from a rival point of view, yes, I'm happy that Chelsea are off the top of off the summit. Then also, yes, I'm happy that Bernardo Silva was the reason Man City are now at the summit. Then I'm sad because Diogo Jota did not score an open net. But down away from that one, it was a fantastic weekend around. I mean, every single game lived up to expectation. It's still disappointing for Harry Kane. We, I still want. I still beg the question: When would he change? When would he change for Harry Kane? Just one Newcastle one finally got their Newcastle finally got their win um, under new ownership. This sounds also good news. The first win of the season. Exactly. That also <laughs> that as well. So it's been impressive so far. It's, it was everything you expect from a Premier League weekend. Let's put it that way. All right. Is it, um, is it let me pick up uh, the game uh, between Man United and uh, Crystal Palace. Well. We thank God United played better, although it's expected anyway. <laughs> 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 we are, the club is under new management, Ravranic, and yeah. I think that performance from Fred. I think the last four, three, four games, Fred has been at his best and he's playing, he's striving better yeah. than advanced right now. And then again, the performance from Jaden Sancho was, I think I'm happy with that as well. I think going forward, United has a lot to offer. We have a lot to offer this season. And uh, in terms of the West Ham Chelsea game, Obviously, Chelsea was supposed to win that one, although they were going to London. We spoke about the fact that it could be a banana mm. peel for Chelsea going there. And a lot of people were saying Chelsea don't have the luxury of, of certain players. Certain players were still not fit enough to start and all that. But everything turned uh, over its head when um, we saw the game and the way West Ham pushed themselves, the way they hurried Chelsea. And what, did that, what about that for a winner? Uh, from Otto Maswaku, I mean, from range. I mean, a lot of people said he was trying to cross, but I think he meant it because he, before he took that shot, he obviously looked at the goalkeeper and a lot of people expected the goalkeeper to do better than that. But how do Chelsea react from this particular um, loss, especially now that they find... They, they, they began the weekend first on the log, but now they are currently third on the, on the table. So Happens. how do Chelsea react from this particular uh, debacle? Well, the, um, like I heard somewhere, it says... The true test of a giant is not exactly when they are flying high, it's when they actually fall, how they pick themselves up. So it's really, really a question. Yeah, you can blame the injuries, you can say a lot of things went wrong with Chelsea, but it's really, really how Thomas Tuchel handles his boys, how he assembles them together and actually gets something away from them. I mean, the Champions League is a, is a, very, good, is a very good way to start. They are still well um, head, heading on with um, Juventus as league leaders, so he's still he's as group leaders. So maybe that game against um, Zenit and Petersburg is one way to actually see if they can actually make it, if they can actually do something for themselves, step up and actually maybe claim group win- the group winner's tag. But remember that. that this Chelsea has been looking at Chelsea's uh, for the last four or five games now mm. against the one more against Burnley, mm. then the one more against Man United. Mm. They struggled against Watford, yeah. now losing against West Ham. Against I'm West looking Ham, at the form. Philip said something, I think, last week or two weeks ago that how <laughs> will Twitter bring up this team when? They are dropping when the like heat now. goes now, down. Them. And now yeah. the question now looking at I think I mean we were waiting for January when Edward Mendes this errors needs to go in Chelsea. It looks it's like quite surprising. It, perhaps given Edward Mendes form of late, I'm not a, a preacher of uh, a preacher of blue. Like, that penalty giving was just form has not really been impressive over, over the last couple of games, it has to be said. I mean we've always said it that the defense covered him a lot, but this time around I don't know if the defense is exposed or he himself is the architect of those those mistakes, it's, it's, it's really, really something to worry about. I mean, 
easily he could have taken that ball away from his feet before Jared Bowen got to, before Jared mm-hmm. Bowen got to him in that in that to, in that case in that scenario. Trying to unleash his Ederson. Uh, this is not this is you're not as good at. I mean, no, you don't do that. You don't take risks like always, that. Yeah, if you don't know how to do something, don't do don't it. Don't do that. Better to be safe. Your own way. It's better to be safe than to be sorry. Well, That's one way to look at it, actually. Maybe he got overconfident and, yeah. Well, talking about uh, another game and the team riding on confidence or not riding on confidence, it's not been a wonderful time for Everton, Everton mm. uh, recently <laughs> because uh, and it's the fixtures are not any kinder Imagine. because if you look at the run they've actually been in, they've lost um, consecutive games now, they lost to um, big teams and they're There's facing hearts now zero, right here. Zero wins in their last eight fixtures. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's sad. And, in fact, they come Fahad Moshiri, the owner of the club, had to I mean, fly to England today to have <laughs> talks, crisis talks with the board. And uh, one person had to go, obviously, Marcel Brands, the director of football, mm-hmm. as uh, will soon be uh, relieved of his duties. And they're telling... Uh, and I know anytime the club owner flies in and says something that something we are supporting you, just get, just make sure yeah you do the right. It always happens. Something go, we have go. There was a time. Uh, it sounds like more money. Manchester City said he was supporting Claudio Ranieri despite everything. The owners were saying, okay, we're in support of the manager despite the poor run. Eventually, culminated in the sacking of the manager. But we're not pitching doom here. Everton against Arsenal tonight. Both teams coming off uh, um, losses in their last in the last mm. game. Arsenal losing to United um, in midweek and Everton failing to win also in midweek but what, what should we expect from this game well, obviously Everton have players back uh, although Dominic Cavalier is not back but Ducouri is back well, we've spoken about their defence and their goalkeeper but we'll get, we'll get back to yeah. that eventually but who do you see winning tonight's game between Everton and Arsenal Ezekiel well starting with your question I see Arsenal winning this fixture and number one I think Arsenal have lost the five games in the Premier League this season and then Apart from the loss against Bradford in the match day one of the season, mm. they've only lost against Man United, Man City, Chelsea, and then Liverpool. Mm. So the these big are high points, exactly. The big boys. So I don't see us not dropping points in this one. <coughs> and Everton winning zero zero out of their last eight Premier League fixtures. It's it's amazing and seriously, I don't see Everton turning up their form this time. Yeah, well, on paper, easily Arsenal are still in a better place. I mean, the wins is just I would call that United loss maybe a blip in the. We call it a blip, just a little banana peel for them. Maybe they can. And Everton is a very, very, very good stepping up point again if they want to actually continue that form. That's just it. So I think Arsenal will actually go for, go for it. Personally, for the sake of my FPO, yes, Emil Smithrow, please do me something nice tonight. And then confirmation of other results that actually went down in the Premier League this weekend. Newcastle were one new winners over Burnley Eddie Howe. I mean, uh, leading Newcastle to their first win of the season. Southampton and Brighton played out a one order. Neil Mopi scoring yet another dramatic stoppage time equalising goal right there at the St. Mary Stadium. Leeds United against Brentford ended 2-2 at Elland Road and uh, in the last game of the or yesterday's uh, final game Aston Villa Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa made it three wins from four with a 2-1 victory over Leicester Marshall how would you rate that save that save from Emiliano Martinez to deny uh Happy Band. Yeah. The funny thing about about it was that I was actually watching the race in Saudi Arabia when there was a red flag. I was like, okay, instead of just Mm. watching what was going on, (laughs) let me even switch over to the game between Aston Villa and Leicester. And then I was watching the game, I was like, wait, 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 what was that? (laughs) Why? 
Honestly, that was really, really, it was great, Steven. That was where the game was won. And that yeah. was after the game. I mean, you could really see uh, Steven Gerrard going over to him to like shake him and really just applaud him because that was where uh, those three points were gotten. And you know, he was in front of the fans and everyone was really, really screaming. And that was one of the saves of the week. And I really feel like, you know, earlier in the season, there were a lot of talks about how Martinez has kind of dropped in his form and how the players around him were not really getting themselves together. But then you really see that with the uh, introduction of Steven Gerrard. Yeah, some could say it's the new manager bounce, but then we have to be honest with ourselves right now. They're not only playing better, but Thank it's you. obvious what exactly it is uh, their style is, what exactly it is they want to do. And even when they are lapses in concentration, even when they are lapses at the back, they have a very, they have a very, very strong uh, goalkeeper who can really come up big for them. And that mm-hmm. was really where that game was won. That save was really... I mean, I saw that save and I screamed like, how? Honestly, yeah. it was really, really great. Time to open the phone lines now to allow listeners join us on the show this evening. 0064523344. Zero eight one six four zero eight four three eight one. Colors on the show this evening. We've spoken about the Formula One Grand Prix right there in Saudi Arabia. We talked about the Nigerian clubs on the continent of Africa. We spoke about the uh, roundup of the various games that went down over uh, the weekend at major leagues in Europe and ahead of tonight's big game between Everton and Arsenal. Let's have your contributions on the show this evening. Hello, good evening. Hello. Good evening. You're on to Sports Lounge. Yeah, I give uh, Comrade Arsenal the line. All right, Comrade, let's have your contribution. Uh, I want to contribute on Chelsea. All right. And uh, West Ham United. Okay. Yeah, you see, to me personally, I don't look at uh, what to tell is doing as a very good job. Okay. Because I would like him to tell to be like uh, that of the Matthew of Chelsea that won the Champions League. You and I know that Chelsea was not the best team in the Premier League classes. All right. And then there's this, there's this only source of motivation when a new coach comes to a club you can see that in Australia you can see that in Manchester United yeah. I can also see that in Arsenal when I take that took over yeah. so it happens with every, every club you understand me yeah. so it is not for the fact that uh, he is technical and these things no you think it's just sort of motivation when even when their time comes you understand you see them they, they, they will stand there that is what is happening yeah. and I, with matter, as a matter of, uh, 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 of fact I see them struggling for the top four. For, for top four. Mm. Will, because Manchester is coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's the same thing. All right. You understand? They will fight for that top four. Yeah. All right. You understand? And what I think is Manchester, uh, Manchester, Manchester City topping the league. Yeah. You should know what that means. Mm. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, comrade, for your contribution on the show this evening. 0064523344 four three eight one zero eight zero six four five two three three four four zero eight one six four zero eight four three eight one hello good evening hello yeah good evening uh, good evening i'm timmy calling from okyoba all right timmy let's have your contribution they are talking about the phd match um i'm just concerned about this messy form and again Pochettino is a very good coach Right. Enough to lead, enough to lead PSG forward. But the problem is the back room. Just like some, one of you said that time, yeah. I think the president is giving him problems. It's not giving him full and to do what he wishes to do there. And again, it's a player that it's a coach that wants players that are hardworking. But players that they are not hardworking, you can see the attitude of Neymar. You can see the attitude of most of the players there. They can't bring him results. I think he just needs to leave that place. And again, talking about Chelsea at uh, West Ham to share. It's not getting it right presently. Mm. I think that starting of playing through the wind, doing all that, you see your left back and right back, they have gotten that. I think it just needs to change and move forward. And I wish us not the best to go. 
Thank you very much, Timmy, for your contribution on the show this evening. Hello, good evening. We lost that. 0064523344018164084381. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. You said? Vincent Samaku. All right, Vincent, let's have your contribution. I think nobody should question the tactical know-how of Tuchel. For him to take two teams to Champions League back-to-back means that the guy is good. Hmm. Every team have their one-off time. Man City had their own at a certain time. Maybe that's what Chase is undergoing now. Hmm. The coach is good. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, Vincent, for your contribution. I think Vincent is a Chelsea fan and a Tuchel fan, he has to be said. Hello, good evening. Oh, we lost that. 0064523344018164084381. We lost that. Uh, again, call us on the show this evening. Let's have your contribution on the games that went down over the weekend across the leagues in Europe. I mean, how were you impressed? Was your team victorious or... I mean, it was mixed feelings for you. Let's have your contribution on the show this evening. And also, Arsenal fans calling on the show. Let's have your predictions ahead of tonight's game at the Goodison Park between Arsenal and Everton. Um, 0064523344018104381. And then, uh, talking about that particular game between Arsenal and Everton, Marshall, uh, I spoke about the fact that Everton needed to... Um, or perhaps Fad Mushiri needed to have a scapegoat, especially for their uh, woeful and formed. But do you attribute that to Marcel Brand rather than the manager maybe getting the stick? Or do you feel it's a, it's a warning to Rafa Benitez that, look, one person don't come out to be <laughs> Yeah, I think it's also quite interesting that you mentioned Marcel Brand there because Fahad Moshiri really wants Rafa Benitez to succeed. And I think that's one thing that you look at Fahad Moshiri, he's really, really spending a lot of money right there at Everton. And it's not like he's not gotten good managers. I mean, he has had Ronald Koeman, he's had Marco Silva, he's had Carlo Ancelotti, he's had Rafa Benitez. And now we're hearing reports linking him with Jose Mourinho. And, you know, it's not exactly like he's a flunk, but it's not like exactly like he's not spending money either. He's really, really spending uh, that money. But then some way or the other, they're not getting everything they want. You know, there were times when people were attributing the fact that I didn't have a good sporting director. And he got a PSV, picked up Marcel Brands. And, you know, it was like, if you have Marcel Brands and you have a solid manager, you should be doing something really well. But then... Unfortunately for Mafar Mashiri, it has not worked. And you know, with Rafa Benitez, it's that's what Marshall just have to take this call. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Good evening. Your last call on the show this evening. This is Timmy from Bukhara. All right, Timmy, let's have your contribution. Mm-hmm. Concerning the Arsenal and uh, Everton. All right. I, I see you said that winning or draw for Arsenal. Okay. Then concerning the Chelsea match uh, during the weekend, but what I saw in that match, I believe Chelsea is lacking some quality player in that midfield. You know, some. some Can you move away from your radio? Move away from your radio set. No, I didn't want any radio now. Okay, okay, you think I want to call you? Oh, okay, all right. Okay, so it's like Chelsea is lacking some quality player in that midfield. So that's what happened. Okay. Thank you, so, ma'am. We are confining the mistake of Mendy. Okay. So I believe it's not Jorginho that did that mistake. It's Mendy. Mm. I believe Mendy has the chance to keep the boy away, but it's, it's, it, I, I believe it's Mendy. All right. So 
thank you. Thank you very much, Timmy, for your contribution on the show this evening. And that's how we wrap up today's installment of Sports Lounge from the studios of Futsal Radio 93.1 FM. Thank you to the guys in the studios, Adam, Marshall and Ezekiel. And thank you to all our listeners at home as well for joining us, for sharing with us your thoughts and your contributions on the show this evening. We'll be back tomorrow for another amazing installment. And you know what? The Champions League is returning tomorrow. Good evening.